Queer Jampy from the British Blacklist. Hello, how are you? Oh, you know, we just popping out here. Ah. <laughs> just enjoying, just enjoying. Could you please introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. My name is Tongai Chirisa, and I, I am an actor. I thought you were going to I saw that and I thought, are you, you're done producing, so I was waiting for you to add. Oh, and I'm a oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, and I produce and write and sing. Uh, there you, you go. More. I knew there was, that's why there was a pause. It wasn't like I was dissatisfied with your answer. Like, he's just an actor. Let's not talk to him. <laughs> you got more. So I was going to say, give me a word or a sentence which best describes you, just in a nutshell. Inspirational visionary. Oh, I like that. Mm. Very good. Very good. Mm. Okay, so let's jump straight into it. Please, can you tell us about your character and what their goal is in this film, Antebellum? All right, so my character is Eli and he's been on this plantation for, for a while now, but you know, he's definitely had his fair share of being used in a, in a very rough and negative way. You know, he's seen his fair share of brutal acts and he's gone to a point where he's trying to figure out a way to escape. And the thing is, there's so much I could ask and I know how to skirt around it, which is very freaking frustrating. So, okay, yes, very true. I will say though, however, Eli's journey is quite metaphorical and it's kind of like what's happening now, that frustration of not knowing what to do and how to affect change yeah. in a way that's gonna bring everybody along. So I don't know, if, when you saw the character on, on the page, when you got the script, what was going through your mind when you saw him and that made you say, yeah, do you know what, this is someone I want to portray on screen. It was a very straightforward decision for me because it's a story that's talking about the time now. The greatest thing you can do is to do everything you can in your power. That is the mark that we need because sometimes all you need is one person just walking away or taking a knee and look what's happened down the line. He was the spark that pretty much allowed what we're seeing happen today. So no matter how small it is, just do something in your capacity and the impact will be felt around the world. You know, coming into this project, it was one such thing where you have the directors coming in and saying, we are the curators of art. We are the ones that have a finger on the pulse of America and what's taking place. And so in any way we can, we will continually remind you or remind America of how things are not well in the country and that certain things need to change. So to be in a, in a project like this, where it's constantly showing you the, the discrepancies mm. uh, was something that I couldn't pass on. We've seen various slave narrative films mm. and they deal with all sorts of oppression that slave masters enforce on the slaves. But I don't know if I can actually recall one where they've actually, you cannot speak, that, that's kind of like the blanket rule where silence, you cannot speak unless you're spoken to. You know, you have your thing where like, if it was me, I'll be doing this and I'll be doing that. <laughs> but you know, we all know that actually in the actual moment, what could you do and how dare you even try or even think yeah. that you could do better. But it's very, it was again, another metaphor, that whole thing of the silence of a black man, the silencing, being told that you can't speak mm. and finding those moments to retaliate, those small victories. What kind of effect did it have on you in the moment? Because I, I can only imagine going into those spaces and having to imagine what it was like for our ancestors in that space where they can't speak, where today you can speak. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can speak, but you know, I think the system is still in place where oh. the, the idea of if you speak, you're going to be punished. 
we still see it today. If you want to speak out on something, some racial injustice, or just even with the police brutality, you know, just a couple of days ago, uh, I'm not too familiar with all the details, but you know, you had a, a young black man that got shot eight times. Mm. That doesn't make sense to me. Eight times, mm. you know? So you will find that there is still the spirit of oppression, the spirit of suppression that's saying that if you ever want to equate and have the same voice of equality like I do, there are going to be repercussions. And that to me, whether you get lynched or it's some system that's then sending you to jail for some stupid misdemeanor that people are getting away scot-free with today, all ties into this whole thing of be silent because you are actually less than. And so when you want to rise up, like we've been seeing consistently for the last 400 years, it's been consistently faced with the same type of oppression. I think, you know, this being 2020 with this crazy pandemic and the reality of what's happening now where people are saying enough is enough. Mm. And to see like NBA players and, you know, sportsmen and people actually saying tools down, you know, because there's something much bigger than playing sports and getting a paycheck. It's called living and having a life and being treated as a human being. Simple as that. So saying yes to this project and being a part of it, where, how does that tie in with where you're at personally and in your, in your career? Art always reflects the society we live in. Mm -hmm. And we always owe it to society to reflect truth of what's really happening. Yes, we also need moments where we can escape and just have fun and not think about the, the issues of the world. But every person at one point in their lives will have to stand for something and uh, represent those that do not have the platform, do not have the platform to say something or to be seen. And I think with this industry as an actor, you know, we get the best of both worlds. I'm very privileged and honored to be in America and to tell these kind of stories because it's no different to some degree to what's happening in my country in Zimbabwe right now. But that's the major difference that you come here and the beauty about it is that your dreams can come true. And there are certain things that do work and which is great because that's why I'm here. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, we cannot be silent because it's only for the betterment of a people, of a nation, and the entire world that we continually strive for equality in every spectrum of that word. I'm Ghanaian heritage and mm. British Ghanaians, I guess. So they're looking at the conversation in America about black immigrants in America taking up space for indigenous black Americans. The conversation is quite crazy to me. So how do you, how have you been able to reconcile that being an African, African-American. I really haven't given that much thought because we're pretty much finding the same struggle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so it, it's kind of doesn't make sense to me. I understand where they're coming from. Mm. Uh, but, you know, and that's the problem. I think when we start to, you know, subdivide and be like, oh, okay, I'm African-American, but you're African and, you know, you want to take this job, it, it there's a lot that goes into it other than just simply your place of birth that it stems into something much bigger than it being, oh, I think an African or somebody that's a foreigner took an African-American job away from an African-American. It, it just becomes a little too complex, uh, you know, and then, you know, obviously we've got to delve down into a lot of other rabbit holes that we don't have time for today. It's a conversation that needs to be had, but I'm not shaken by that 
all. Uh, that, and that's, that's a good to hear because I think we get the hyperbole over here. So I got like two minutes left. So I just want to ask you some few quick questions. Mm-hmm. Can you let me know a book that you have to have in your collection? Look, I'm a man of faith, so it's the Bible. It's my comfort zone. You know, it's, it just helps me focus and kind of like have a better uh, understanding of, of who I am and, you know, where I'm going. A song or an album that defines the soundtrack of your life to date? Ooh. And it could be now, it could be back then. Could be oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm a huge Boyz II Men fan. Okay. Huge. Okay, Evolution for me just was like, oh my gosh. This is this is next level. Um, so yeah, you gotta you gotta have Boyz II Men Evolution for sure. A film or a TV show that reminds you why you're in this business, oh. and again, it could be from before or after. Absolutely, I mean, Entourage. Now. Entourage. Oh. It was my first experience when I first came to America, and it was it was that one TV show that really educated me uh, about the industry when I didn't okay. know too much about it. Okay, did it ring true since you've been in it? <laughs> oh, I mean, absolutely. Like, it, it was my 101 class of industry in America and what the possibilities can be and what it looks like when, you know, you start off doing the odd job to becoming a superstar and the challenges that you face, you know, in, in and through it. I mean, it's, like I said, art imitating life. So it was a beautiful lesson. It was a beautiful TV show to watch because it just really taught me so much that, uh, you know, kind of get me prepared for uh, the big time. Which character do you most identify with in that show? The lead guy. I mean, okay. I, I identify with, with so many, the, you know, the brother, the manager, you know, all these guys and just how they were all, all on their hustle and what, what fame and money does, you know, when you finally get it and how it can actually destroy relationships and stuff like that. So, you know, I like to learn from other people's experiences so, you know, just being mindful of like, oh, you know, if, if should this thing come my way, how will I handle this? I'm trying to learn from that so that I can avoid the pitfalls that some people fall into when um, success and fame come their way. What's the first play that you saw and what it meant to you? First play that I saw. I'll, I'll just talk about the most impactful because I've forgotten the first play that I saw. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I would have to say it was... The Lion King. I saw that in South Africa, and it was like wow. the first time that I saw it on a big scale production, and just how flawless everything seemed to be, and just how beautiful the music was. You know, just how the audience was just captivated by what they were seeing. I think because of the, the African harmonies that come with these songs, you know, when you got that South African, and South Africans can sing. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. just to hear that, oh. Man, it, it took me to heaven. What's your favorite song from the from the show? Do you have one? I, I want to say Hakuna Matata. <laughs> it's okay. You could be a cliche. It's fine. We don't. We're not no, gonna no, hear no. that. <laughs> I, I think because when I saw it, like you know, uh, when that little what's his name, uh, when he hits that high opera note, <laughs> I was like, yes, this warthog has got a talent. Like I love this. When I was a young warthog. Like, nice, very nice. Well, thank you, Pumba. Like, come on. I yeah. don't know. I, I, you know, I was a kid when I saw it, so it was like, whatever. No, I can't argue. I can't argue. That's fine. <laughs> What's made you sad, mad, and glad this week? What's made me sad this week? Right now, I'm in, I'm in quarantine. I'm preparing for a project that I'm, I'm working okay. on. So they've had me in quarantine for two weeks. So that's kind of, that kind of sucks. What's made me glad is like, you know, it's, it's back to work. You know, after five months of just, you know, 
global pandemic was made me mad. Um, again, just this senseless shooting of a, of a black man eight times, you know, it's like, how do you shoot somebody eight times in the back? Like, what are you trying to do? Just make mincemeat of his spleen? Come on, that, that's demonic to say the least. I don't, I don't understand that. Eight times? Like if he had a gun and he was, you know, shooting back, I understand. But in his back, this man was walking away mm. eight times. Okay, um, we've got to wrap. So thank you so much and good luck with everything. And have you-